listening to the Screen Tearing Podcast with Vector the Nomad and Dual Revolvers. In this episode, the crew goes deeper into genrefication by traveling back in time to trace the genetic lineage of several popular video games. If that sounds complicated to you, don't worry, it's actually much, much worse. Now loading episode 6, Genealogy in a Bottle, Initializing. Welcome to part two of a discussion about video game genres. And uh, today we're going to get a little more in depth about genres and then actually start digging into the DNA of video games. And because the thing about most games these days is that most games you play, they just so happen to be amalgamations of other games. And, you know, and that uh, that leads to interesting discussions you can have about the the genealogy the lineage uh, the uh, the the ancestry.com results for uh, for popular games so um, I think before we get into talking about a specific game we should talk about would it be good for us to like explain what we mean by video game genealogy I know you kind of yeah, I feel like I just did. I don't know. I I personally cannot get more sim- simplistic than that. So if you can, by, by all means. Well, I don't. I I mean to do the opposite. Actually, go more in detail, not just simplistic. Like, um, I mean, maybe maybe it's just best to lead by example. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Because I can't really, uh, you know, think like how do I? I I don't know. Yeah, I feel like I was pretty comprehensive. Like I said. Video games are they're compilations of 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 games that came before. Usually, you know, there's there's in most cases a popular game will be inspired by you know several ideas that or mechanics that came from older games. And um, yeah, and that's maybe- why that's why playing games for research when you're making a game, it's it's very important for designers and and for for people to play games in in genres that they like so that they can they can identify when things when mechanics can be done better uh and that's that's what a good designer does is you know they they play games for research to borrow ideas and to also like take what's been done before and improve upon it and i can give specific examples of that what about um do you think there are parts of a game that might be influenced by another game but they didn't intend it to be you know that's an excellent point um and that's uh, that actually goes into because i was thinking about this um actually for a couple days i was like you know if you tried to trace the lineage of uh of the original metal gear solid and to go all the way back in time and to to ask like okay what was the first stealth game and a lot of people a lot of scholars say the original castle wolfenstein which came out on like the commodore 64 and i think that was 1984 uh, Castle Wolfenstein was doing stealth gameplay, which was, um, you know, you could wear disguises, uh, you know, you, you could dress as the enemy and, and, and avoid, uh, you know, Nazis and, and try and infiltrate bases. And so, so that game was doing stealth gameplay. Stealth wasn't the, the, the focus, but there was stealth gameplay, stealth elements in that game. And that was 1984. Yeah. And then, and then Wolfenstein 3D had a whole sound engine where enemies um they could they could hear you so you could you could trigger enemies like they they would be in a passive state and then when they heard a gunshot then they would start coming after you which is an, uh, absolutely a stealth mechanic um doom also had the the same thing uh but the original metal gear came out in 1987 so that was three years after Castle Wolfenstein, and a lot of people consider that to be the very first stealth game. But um, people who are in the know will tell you otherwise. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But but the thing is, Castle Wolfenstein it just wasn't it wasn't a, a breakout hit. It didn't achieve international acclaim. It, I don't even think it made it to Japan. So technically, you know, Metal Gear. The original Metal Gear in 87 might not have been the first stealth game, but it is the game that like popularized stealth mechanics and and it kind of was like the first um 
the first game where stealth was was a focus and a requirement. But the thing about Metal Gear Solid is that the the true lineage of of that game doesn't rely in uh, it doesn't center on other game mechanics. The DNA of of that game you could you would actually trace it to movies. Mm. It's like different different movies throughout the throughout the years where you could say like, well, that, you know, that mechanic and, or the cinematography or the sound, you can trace that to, to particular movies. Yeah. Which is interesting, right? Yeah. Uh, but most games, um, I mean, you could say, you could make the argument that, uh, the top down camera could be traced back to the original legend of Zelda on the NES. And, um, some of the some of the puzzles might have come from from other games, but it's you know it's really specific and it's hard to name specific games. But that's something I've been thinking about a lot recently. What what was your your question again? Shit, I don't even know if I remember. Yeah, well, it must not have been that important. That's what my mom always used to say, and used to piss me <laughs> off. Like, no, it was, it was the most important thing on yeah. the planet. There was like seriously, it's life or death, and I I can't remember what I was gonna ask. <laughs> She always used to be like, oh, well, it must not have been that important. It's like, no, you don't understand. Like, we're all about to die if I don't remember this in the next five minutes. What was it? <laughs> video game video game DNA. Yes. Which is where genre blending comes from. Uh, because, um, like, the reason why we have so many genres these days is because people got the idea to take genres of, of other games and mash them together. Uh, Nakey Jakey has a great series on this, he calls it video game sex, I think. Um, where he says, like, these two games need to bang. Oh, yeah, I know, yeah. I, man, yeah, I like Nicky. It's Jakey. a great series. Dude is M-I-A, but... I mean, we are in the middle of an... We're still in the middle of an apocalypse, so... What else has he got to do? People think that when... If you make videos, that's all you do. Mm-hmm. Like, you have no other aspirations in life but to, to make free content for people. That's just because that's what they've been basically taught to know. You know what yeah. I mean? So people used to send me comments. They used to write comments like, you should upload more often. Like, what the, you know, when's your next video coming out? When it's fucking done. That shit used to just drive me up up the wall. Yeah. Because, you know, like I have nothing else going on in my life. And in, the, in my I only exist to, to serve you, to entertain you, and to give you information for free. I wanted to reach through YouTube and just choke somebody out. Can't do that, though. Um, not anymore. They, uh, they got rid of that feature in 05. Uh, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> no, but, um, yeah, genre blending, right? So the reason why we have an action RPG is... Because someone was like, well, what if we took an RPG and then we added real-time elements to it? Because uh, previous, previously RPGs, like uh, all RPGs trace their lineage back to D&D. Every single one. So there isn't a single RPG on the planet, JRPG or Western RPG, that doesn't, that, you know, you can't trace its ancestry back to Dungeons and & Dragons. And I think mm-hmm. that was, because mm-hmm. I just, I just, I did a video on this at one point. I think that was 78 that... D&D came out. But D&D, that, you can trace the lineage of that back to, to war games from the 1800s. Uh, and then, like, miniature tabletop games. Generals in, in World War II and um, and even, like, certain naval battles in the late 1800s, they would use, you know, uh, miniature war games to to plan out their strategies oh, yeah. for, um, for, yeah, for, for naval warfare. So, D&D... Uh, the only thing D&D added to the tabletop genre was, you know, like the turn-based combat and the the leveling system, stats and and uh and things like that. Mhm. Like you can you can take that back hundreds of years. <clears throat> you know, because um chess, look at fucking chess. So in a way, like chess is an ancient ancestor of D&D. <laughs> which is it's no, I'm serious. It's crazy to think about, right? Yeah. How many thousands of years does chess go back? I got to look it up. Let's see. Chess. When was chess first played? Where's the wiki? Predecessors. Oh my god. Chess! You can trace the lineage of chess. I don't even want to get into that. (laughs) Yeah. Let's let's say... Let's not go back that far. (laughs) Uh, Let's just... (laughs) Because essentially, now... 
So now, if you go back far enough, you essentially, you're trying to find the very first game that was ever played. Yeah, basically. Essentially, every every single game that you've ever played, it traces its lineage back to tic-tac-toe or something, you know? <laughs> the first game ever played. <laughs> oh, I gotta find it. I gotta look it up. First game ever. Not first video game. See? If you look up first game ever, then you get a bunch of... Uh, Images about tennis for two. A lot of people think it was Pong, Space War. Um, no, I mean the first game. What is the oldest game in the world? Oldest game in the world. There you go. With the possible exception of athletics, wrestling is recognized as, as the world's oldest competitive sport. Cave hmm. drawings of wrestlers have been found dating as far back as 3000 BC, which is it's a game. There's rules. If, you, if it has rules, everything. <laughs> I guess we don't need to. We don't need to continue this series. We could just say everything dates back to, or um, it can be traced back to caveman wrestling. Caveman wrestling. <laughs> uh, yeah, anything with rules dates back to three thousand BC uh, wrestling. Unless there was like there were no rules, but but no, because because even in wrestling there has to be a win state. So if it's, you know, getting your opponent on the ground, you know, pinning a pin to the count of three, that's a rule. Mm -hmm. So, so, you know, damn, that's, um, that's interesting. But no, the, the purpose, I think, of video game genealogy is to find, try our best to find the other games that, um, you know, more specifically inspired the game in question. You know what I mean? Whether it was intentional or not. That's a that's a good that's a good point. I don't know. I I think for for me, I think it's more beneficial to find the games that were definitely an influence. Um, but yeah. it's it's like it's like it's it's tangentially related that there are um, you know games that might unintentionally have um, have come before. Yeah. Because there's um there's actually um a huge there's a huge debate in the game design community about the first first person shooter because there were two games that came out around the same time but they were developed completely in isolation you know yeah it's happened so so yeah um, and also that's an, that's an that's a great one. Um, that I, another video that I'm working on for the future. What, what do you think the first first-person shooter was? Uh, doesn't the world, um, whether whether this is true or not, I think the layman will probably say um, Wolfenstein 3D. They absolutely will. Uh, the most people will say that. Um, and but in fact, ID Games had made two first-person shooters before that. Yeah, um, and I think you vaguely is, have told me about that before. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but uh, you know, I, I was talking about this with with my brother because uh, he's the same way. He's, he's he was like, yeah, you know, uh, Wolf Three D was the first first person shooter, and it's like, well, well, no, because because uh, it did Catacombs Three D before that, and then they did um, Hover Tank Three D. Uh, hmm. I think that that came before Catacombs, or one of them was first, but then before that. The whole first-person viewpoint, if you think about it, and, you know, and and a lot of people think, like, you know, Doom was the first online multiplayer shooter. Also not true. But um, think about flight sims from the 80s. Every single one of those you played from a first-person perspective, from the, the perspective of the of the pilot in the cockpit. And then when I, when I thought about it, like, okay, so... If you, if you, your argument is that like Wolfenstein 3D was one of the, was the first game to popularize the, the modern first person shooter, you know, where you have a gun in your hand, you know, you can see your weapon, uh, you can see like the arm of the, of the character you're playing as and, and they're hold, they're pointing a gun. And I thought about it, I was like, okay, well, what about the plane that you're fl flying in? Like you, you know, your hand is wrapped around a joystick. Mm -hmm. uh, in the in the cockpit so wouldn't the the entire plane wouldn't couldn't that be considered like a just a big ass gun and um but anyway yeah flight sims go back 
way farther than than the 90s like early 80s we uh we had we had flight sims and, uh, and they were all played from a first person perspective like um top gun on the nes that's a, that's a first person shooter yeah and uh and there were there were online multiplayer flight sims in the 80s too so first person shooting goes back way far um but uh but that's a whole separate topic but anyway uh, video video game dna genre blending you know these are these are uh important topics um yes. because the because when i was in in school and i was thinking about getting a degree in in game design and i wound up not doing it um because Same. it was um it was a uh, they were my class was a, they were guinea pigs for the game design program and it wouldn't have, it just wouldn't, wouldn't have worked out. But, um, a big topic was, and this was like 2007, uh, through 2007 through 2011, people were talking about like the future of, of game innovation. Like we pretty much, we have all the genres we're ever going to have. So the future of innovation in, in this industry and, and we need innovation because if we if we that was their whole they pushed innovation because their their argument was that if we don't innovate and create new ideas then the industry is going to stagnate and then and it'll you know it'll it'll there'll be another video game crash like in when uh atari made all those et carts <laughs> which is so funny they made 12 million carts and then there were only 10 million Atari 2600s in people's homes. They made more carts than there were systems available in people's homes. Wow. <laughs> oh, man. And they really did bury those those cartridges in, in a landfill. Um, they found the landfill. <laughs> oh, that's another story. Great story. One of the best uh, video game stories ever. Um. What was I saying? Oh yeah, so they were so they were pushing innovation. They're like, oh, we need to create new ideas. The industry is going to stagnate, and then you know the, the we won't have um because you got to keep the thing about any industry is that you have to keep bringing new people in for to for growth, mm -hmm. and everyone only only cares about growth. I think that's ridiculous. You know, imagine a world where you know things stayed the same, like you weren't trying to bring new people in and change everything. Like I, I you know. I think it would have been perfectly fine if video games were would have died out as a fad because the people that were passionate about them, you know, they would have they would have kept going and it wouldn't have become this like this huge market powerhouse that it is today. Yeah. I can't imagine I can't imagine something like video games being a fad where they would just where they just die out. It's That's what they were. That's exactly what what they were back in um, in 1982. Yeah, the arcades, the arcades, and everything. That was like, it was just like, hey, here's this cool new thing that we have. And then Atari in in the in the United States, I just bit my tongue. Ah, frack. In the United States, Atari they they um, they made a bad bet. They invested a shit ton of money into ET. They gave a guy like three weeks to make the whole game. Literally like three weeks, and then and they just they spent too much money and and people wound up returning uh, their games their games to the, to stores and Atari lost a, a bunch of money and they went they had to declare bankruptcy, uh, and so in and it was so bad ET was so bad that people were like well games games are done you know like I'm I'm disillusioned with. With games, I don't, I don't want to play them anymore. I don't want to go to the arcades. You know, I'm just done. And that's what allowed Nintendo to step in in 84 with Donkey Kong. And they were like, hey, Donkey Kong, check this out. And people are like, well, what's, what's fucking Donkey Kong? And then they're like, hey, this is pretty cool. Look at that freaking uh, carpenter guy. Because Mario, he didn't used to be a plumber. He, used to, he started out as a, as a carpenter. And then there's a freaking gorilla. This is badass. And, uh, and so then they took over and then they launched the, the NES and, and they brought video games back. But, um, 
but for a while in North America, video games were, it was just like, uh, well, the dream is dead and people moved on to, to something else like skateboards or some shit. I don't know. Um, but, um, anyway, I, I'm getting way off topic. What yeah. I was saying was, uh, we were encouraged to take genres and mash them together, together to try and create new things. And, um, I feel like you don't, you don't really see that in the AAA space. You know hmm. what I mean? Like, or maybe, maybe there's so many genres that are blended in into one that, you know, that's, it's like they lose potency or mm-hmm. something. I mean, you might be right. I can yeah, see that. It's, it's hard to, uh to to pinpoint but i don't know let's 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 look at some examples i think i think now's a good time to look at some examples um yes you you start what uh what's what what uh what would you pick what's uh let's let's talk about a game okay um we can do one that i i haven't even finished it yet because it's um uh, it, just cause three. We'll do just, just cause, cause three. three. Yeah, I haven't finished it, but it's you know you played one, you played them all. <laughs> and and for the record, I told you to play that game because you said you wanted another mercenaries game, and I said, well, if I you know. want another mercenaries game, play just cause. And uh, you're right. It is a. It is and and that is we can't talk about uh just cause genealogy or. Without mentioning mer- mercenaries at some point, mercenaries. Well, before that, I think um, what what would make this easier is uh, well, what the hell kind of genre is Just Cause Three in? Yes. Uh, what would you classify it as? Or, or it's like you can't even classify it, right? Because I think I think uh, I was right a second ago. It's like there's so many genres that are into can you know mm-hmm. blended into one. It's, well, it's 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 not a single one. There's a million of them. So let's see. So l- let's see. Let's see what I can do, though. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to name um, as many as many genres that go into Just Cause Three as as you can. Yeah. Let's say. Um. I mean, well, I can just call it an act uh, an action adventure game with heavy rpg elements you, th- you think just cause 3 has rpg elements in what way um you gotta elaborate the hell out of that that has like uh like i wouldn't say heavy uh, let's say light rpg elements yeah th- let's say definitely light rpg elements not heavy um because you don't level up in the game right but you do get points to um oh yeah affect, huh. yeah like it's they're more like you you more have to like uh there is an experience system there is a a sem, semi quasi I mean, experience system yeah what is i forget what is what does the xp allow you to to get gear it's basically just gear upgrades like it uh the hmm. amount of grenades you can hold or whether or not you have boosters on your car you know that kind of stuff okay yeah so there's definitely some some very light rpg elements in yeah. just cause just cause three um super light though yeah no super it's light. like it's there i I think there needs to be another term for that. So I'm going to have to do some thinking and try and come up with an, a word for like RPG elements that don't really change the gameplay. Yeah. So we'll call it an, uh, an action RPG sandbox with light RPG elements. Wait, um, what? You just, you said action RPG sand or sorry, action adventure sandbox um it's definitely a sandbox yeah definitely a sandbox but is it open world i feel like i would say it is for the most part yeah 
Yeah, you can you can tackle objectives in any order you want. You know, mm-hmm. you have to you have to go around a huge map looking for for new objectives. And the the main would, mission you kind of have to do linearly because you have to do one before you unlock the next one. But yeah, but other than that, <laughs> well, here's here's the thing about open world games, right? It's that it's not that it's that it you know you do you do the main story one after the other. It's um I think another requirement for that is that like once you're done with with a mission in the main story, you have to go to another place and activate the next mission. Mm-hmm. Which, which usually requires you to 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 explore most of the map. Yeah. And go, you know, like go from one end of the map to the other or, or anywhere in between. So in a linear game, you know, you just you just go through mission to mission. Um, and the game gives you the mission and then, and then you're in it, but open world games, you know, they give you the, the whole map and then they're like, okay, well you're done with this mission. Well, the next mission is all the way on the other side of, <laughs> of, of the fucking continent. Find a way to get there. Yeah. Take whatever, whatever means you can, you can find, to, to get to the next mission, whether it's a car or a boat. Does Just Cause have uh, hot air balloons? I think think it does. I don't know. Find a freaking hot air balloon and get your ass <laughs> to the next mission. But then another thing is, like, if you don't want to do that mission, then you th- the main mission, you can do something else. Yeah. So I, that's that's what I would... I would add that to the definition of open world. So was it Just Cause 3 open world? I would say Absolutely. Yeah, so action-adventure, sandbox, open-world with light RPG elements. Now my question, the adventure side of things. and, and oh, maybe I'm, not I'm a, adventure. Maybe I'm, I'm confusing what adventure means. I'm, I'm a, like a, a purist or a stickler and what some people would describe as an asshole. asshole. <laughs> so for me, an adventure game is one... Where, because adventure is kind of like the opposite of action. An action game is is a game where you have to. It's your timing, your and your reflexes, and you have to rely on on that your um, your skill in terms of timing and reflexes to to uh, to fucking. Uh, God, why can't I think to? Uh, uh, accomplish g- your your goals to not die essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you don't react in, at the right time, you you will die. Um, but an adventure game is the opposite. You have as much time as you need. There's there's no time trial or, or there's no your reflexes aren't being tested. You're simply you're you're using your brain. You're trying to figure things out. You're solving puzzles and you're exploring and you have as much time as you, as you want. You can take as much time as you need to do that, to explore the environment and to open doors to continue exploring the environment. Um, so I don't want to say just cause three doesn't have any puzzles and there's a ton of exploration, right? Cause you have to, you know, you have to explore the map to find secret cars and, other missions and uh, and other th- and sometimes like just getting over a mountain or finding a way to to get your car from point A to point B that can technically cl- be classified as a puzzle, but yeah. it's like it's not a puzzle that the developers intended for. It's a it's a way more open ended puzzle, just figuring out how to how to get from figuring out how to explore. So I think yeah, I I think you could you could. Absolutely, call that an uh, an action adventure game by that definition. Um, we could just call it a Michael Bay game. A Michael Bay game. <laughs> Michael but Bay Simulator. Well, that actually there is a um, there's a, a a bunch of games I think that you could trace um, you could trace Just Cause's inspiration back to. Um, you know, like certain um, destruction-based games, like Red Faction. Yeah. Um, but there's a specific one that I'm trying to remember. Okay, well, there was this game on on the N64 called Blast Core. 
do we want to start getting into its um, move on from genre into into uh, oh, right. game influences? No, you're right. Uh, is, <laughs> is your is your uh, classification of its genre complete? I think so. Would you agree? Disagree? Would you add? Take away? What is it, is it again? So I can I'm going to write it down. You said action adventure. Action adventure. Action first because it's more action, way more action than it is adventure. Yeah, but there's no um, such thing as adventure action. That's true. <laughs> um, it just doesn't sound right. Um, right. Um, but action adventure, open world sandbox with light RPG elements. I think open world, open world comes first linguistically. Yeah, linguistically. Open yeah. world action adventure. Well, it's a third person shooter too. Uh, I think that goes hand in hand with um, an action adventure game. Well, then, a third person shooter, open you know world, what? action adventure sandbox with light RPG elements. God damn, this is this was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I kind of like I kind of like this. I, I'm having fun. Open world. I would classify it as an open world, third person, action adventure. Oh man, open world. I feel like vehicles are. Is that like? Is that included with open world? I I think I think it has to be. It has to be. Third person destruction based. I'm kidding. That's. I don't think that's a thing. Uh. uh ooh. Um. Coup d'état simulator. Coup d'état simulator. Okay. Yeah, because you're trying to. No, that's not a thing. That's also. <laughs> <laughs> but you're trying to overthrow a, a totalitarian government or something, and, and that's not a coup d'état simulator. It's not not a genre at all. Um, open world third person action adventure uh, with yeah light RPG elements and um, heavy emphasis on uh, terrorizing the populace. Uh, no, yeah, it's a it's a um, Antifa simulator. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I guess so. So that makes sense for for just cause, right? But what games do you think inspired, or or what mechanics from previous games do you think went into just cause? That's that I think is going to be way more difficult. Yeah, um, for sure. Uh, I think we should start. Obviously, we should start like big. What are the most heavily um, what like what's like the game that comes to mind first when you play this? And then I think it's Mercenaries. There at least there's at least if that's not the main one, it's one of the main influences. I think. Yeah, I, I would completely agree. Um, but um, but I think you know Mercenaries was just like a, a to me. I I mean this is a generalization, but it was it was just a reskinned Grand Theft Auto. Yes. And I know reskin isn't, I don't think that's the right term because it's not like it was reskinned, but it was like, um, you could say it was a GTA clone. What, Mercenaries? Yeah. Yes. They were clearly trying to make a Grand Theft Auto type game with some new ideas, like an economy that, you know, where you, you know, you get paid for a mission and then you can buy, uh, you know, special items. Yeah, and that's like, part of that's part of the genealogy is we're we're going right. um Oh okay. Oh I see. You okay, know what I mean? I see, I see what you're getting at. Yeah. Okay. So we we just go backwards from there. It's like uh Just Cause was influenced by mercenaries, which was influenced by GTA. Okay. Okay, definitely. Definitely. Now the um So GTA GTA is Just Cause's grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think like the the destructive elements, I think, are the the thing that they really push in Just Cause. Yes, you know, I, I'm trying to think of like what games focused on destruction like that, and or I'm wondering like what games might have um have inspired the the destruction in Just Cause. And then you know what I think about Mercenaries, the tagline for Mercenaries was Playground of Destruction. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah. So, and the fact that you could destroy every single building, but there's a lot of buildings in Just Cause that you can't blow up, but you still get rewarded for for blowing up certain certain targets. You know, you get experience points, you create uh, chaos. I think that's what the XP in, is called. I think it's, it's chaos, right? I don't remember. <laughs> Probably. Um, 
I remember the a big part about the the first two Just Cause games were the stunts that you could do. Mm-hmm. The fact that you could get out of your car and you could ride on the the roof, or you could you could uh, get on the wings of of uh, the plane that you were flying. Um, I wonder. I wonder what that was inspired by. Just like, and I'm wondering, like, was it just action movies? You know, I think or, that's definitely it. Just like action movie stuntmen. Right. You know what I mean? That's uh, that's probably that's what I would say would be their influence. Was there a game that did that previously? Like specifically car stunts or just like action movie stunts in general? <laughs> now stunts, now that's that's interesting, right? Cuz what games had stunts? Well, GTA, GTA had stunts. Mm-hmm. Um Someone pointed out, like, the, de- the is there, like, a making of series where they talked about, the developers talked about the stuff that inspired them to, to do things a certain way? So what were some of the games? I'm trying to think, like, was there a, a game before Just Cause that had, gave you the ability to, to, like, jump out of a car, and GTA actually did do that, but then, like, oh, that's what I was thinking of. Um, Pursuit Force. Oh. So there's this game on PSP called pursuit force yeah and i think I, I don't, i'm trying to remember did did uh did just cause come out that was hold on just cause one was 2006 when did pursuit force come out that was 2005 but i don't know if if i don't think pursuit force was uh had inspired just cause but um but you could you, you know you could jump out of your out of your car you played as a cop and then you could jump from car to car. Yeah. You know, to, to try and take down criminals and stuff. And I, I, f- I feel like I remember someone mentioning Pursuit Force in a discussion about Just Cause. And so I, I don't remember. I mean, yeah, we can say it's a... It, whether indirect inspiration? Indirect inspiration, yeah. Check that out. I'm looking at a video. Oh, look at this guy. He jumps out of out of a car onto a a friggin fire truck yeah. <laughs> whose idea was that but action movies right yeah what were name some action movies where someone uh jumps from from one car to another i don't all of them um yeah. <laughs> definitely some arnold movie oh you know what uh, i think commando had a scene like that or uh mm-hmm. commando is a good one true lies every single fast and furious good point that's a that's a I actually the later the earlier ones were way more like tame mm-hmm. compared to what those movies became. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't introduce aliens. I feel like that's what always devolves into, right? Uh that's <laughs> Fast Ten. Fast Ten Aliens. Um Yep. I'm trying to think, uh James Bond. James yeah. Bond uh I'm Sean Connery. And therefore you know, he... and therefore Mission Impossible. Oh Mission Impossible. Tons of tons of vehicular craziness going on in those games mm-hmm. uh what else what are what are some of the other um th- things that stand out to you in just cause the um the wingsuits uh wing the, whole, the whole thing about the wingsuit uh i don't know what influenced that right where that what i where where did that come from maybe that was you know an original the an original like people like flying around in the in the parachute but it's not fast enough <laughs> Good point. Good point. Yeah. All right. Well, um, the grappling hook. Grappling the grappling hook, hook um, came from Legend of Zelda, I think. It, it must oh. have started with Legend of Zelda. Yeah. And then there are, there are tons of games that give you a grappling hook. Like there was a 007 game where you have a grappling hook attached to your watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tenchu, the Tenchu games, you get, you get one of your main tools. That was 1998. You get a grappling hook. And then I'm trying to think of uh, games with parachutes. What games gave you a parachute? Um, games that come to mind: Battlefield 1942. You can parachute at any at any time. You can deploy a parachute. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. That was um, what? What year was Battlefield 1942? I think that was 2002. But um, but there's actually <laughs> there's a game from 1983 for the Atari 2600 called Parachute. So that you know, Just Cause has to. It has to trace its lineage back to that. Has to. Has to. By default. Um, oh wait, no. There's another parachute game from 1981. Oh my god. 
The first parachute was... I'm kidding. <laughs> um, when were parachutes invented? So, now that I think about it, given, given it some more thought, I think it's inadequate for us to say, like, you know, not inadequate. Presumptuous? Yeah. There's no way to know for sure which game or which mechanics were inspired by which games right oh yeah there's there's just no way to know so it's like there's no way it's more like we're trying to come up with think of games that the developers could have used as as inspiration or or as research when they were making the game yeah or to try and find out where certain mechanics came from but um yeah this whole thing is is all hypothetical honestly and 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 only right is only really is just theory well let's talk about a different game and i can talk about some games that inspired another game that they definitely did because the developers actually they they said straight up uh you know what they were inspired by and um yeah, gears sure. of war the first gears of war oh yeah that's a good one the over the shoulder shooting mechanic that came from resident evil 4 we all know that and any any game that has an, like a, any third person shooter that has over the shoulder shooting, it all started with Resident Evil Four. That was like one of the biggest innovations of the video game industry when Resident Evil Four came out, and that game was so influential that every single third person shooter after that, if you shot from third person, it was over the shoulder like that, where it's essentially it's just a first person camera, but they pull the camera back a little bit so you see a little bit of mm-hmm. the the character's head and and their shoulder. So Resident Evil 4 was the first game to do that. The very first. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. I feel like that's so late in the game. I know, right? For that to be invented. <laughs> that's crazy, right? Every every single third-person shooter before that, Max Payne or, you know, uh, Hitman 2, which I know isn't technically a third-person shooter, but you can shoot in third-person. Every, every third-person shooter before Resident Evil 4... The mm-hmm. camera was positioned like right above the character's head or slightly to the left or right. Yeah. So there was no And it was never that zoomed in. Like right. th- there if like before that when they wanted to add a zoom in feature to shooting, how did they typically do it? They didn't. Yeah. They just didn't. That Yeah, that was uh you could switch to first person. Yeah. Most games, yeah, I I feel like before Resident Evil 4 there was no zoom in for third person i mean like that was exclusive to first person shooters i was just telling you about how how me and a friend of mine are replaying halo and one of the biggest gripes for me playing halo was the inability to zoom in right yeah unless uh (laughs) it's the pistol um, or the the sniper rifle yeah or the battle like like a third of the weapons you have the capability of zooming in i think yeah i'm just remembering like in resident not resident evil in um the original max Payne. You get a sniper rifle, and then, you know, you zoom in with the scope, and essentially it just switches to a first-person perspective, right? Yeah, that's, so, what, that's what, if they didn't do, like, the like Resident Evil 4, that's what they did. Right. <laughs> yeah, because there's no aiming down the sights in a third-person game. Um, but Resident Evil 4, you start off in a third-person camera, and then you actually press a button to, to aim, mm-hmm. and that's, uh, that's technically aiming down the sights. Such a genius game. The way that they give you a laser sight, the minimal HUD. It's such a disappointment when when The Evil Within came out and instead of the laser sight, they give you a freaking targeting reticle. Yeah. I hate targeting reticles. After I played Resident Evil 4, it was like, unless you're going to give me just the dot on the screen, I'm okay with just the dot. But if you make it a freaking giant-ass freaking bracket, <laughs> goddamn, goddamn parentheses taking up two-thirds of the screen... Man, I hate that. I hate that so much. But anyway, Resident Evil 4 was the first game to have that over-the-shoulder shooting camera. And so games that came out after that, uh, Dark Sector, Gears of War, obviously, uh, Max Payne 3, fucking uh, Grand Theft Auto 5. Uh, even for Grand Theft Auto 4, too. Yeah, and they all had the over-the-shoulder shooting system, which started with with uh, re4 the other thing about gears of war and gears of war you know became a, a hugely popular game that a lot of people copied like even uncharted people were like well this is just you know a t-rated gears of war and so this is yeah. sony's answer a lot of people call uncharted sony's answer to gears of war hmm. the cover system for gears of war that was inspired by this game called kill switch 
which came out for the PS2 and Xbox, and I want to say it was 2005. Do we even need to, um, uh, for Gears, do we even need to tell like what kind of genre <laughs> it is? It's a cover-based third-person shooter. There you go. But yeah, the, the whole cover-based part, because that wound up being a huge innovation in third-person shooters, where for ever since um, when Gears of War came out, people were like, oh man, this whole cover-based this, the whole cover system and snapping to cover, so many games copied that. They're like a ridiculous number of games. Uh, let me name some. Um, there was a Wanted game. You ever see that movie Wanted? Oh, yeah. I remember the well, game. The, the game, the game that, uh, that they made based on the movie and, and like with some references to the comics. Mm-hmm. That, game, that game actually has one of the best cover systems I've ever seen in, in, in several games. The later uh, Splinter Cell games like uh, Conviction and Blacklist, they had a, a cover system that was inspired by Gears of War. Um, so Killswitch was like the first to do this snap to cover thing? Not just snap to cover, but blind firing too. Oh. Any game that you can blind fire around cover and, you know, not expose your body and, and you know, you, like you shoot less accurately, but you can still attack without exposing yourself that came from from kill switch that's crazy to think about why is that to see like a game games like kill switch and resident evil 4 to do something like those things first is just it's just right. weird to think about <laughs> yeah blind fire was a huge innovation and that nobody had had really thought about like like what do you mean what do you what do you mean shooting around cover without looking yeah like, you know and and kill switch was the entire game was based around blind firing taking cover and and shooting around cover um that was like the the whole point of the game and cliff blazinski he really liked that and was like oh that's what that's what we're gonna do with gears of war paired with the uh the over the shoulder camera from re4 Mm -hmm. but yeah blind fire like think about all the i'm trying to think of uh all the games that featured a like cover based shooting and blind firing after Gears of War came out. And um there was um Rainbow Six Vegas. I had a had a great time with those games. Uh the the recent Deus Ex games, Human Revolution and Mankind Divided. Yeah. Their cover system came from Gears of War, which came from Kill Switch. It's just crazy, right? Like how influential games can be to, to other games. Mm-hmm. Um but but yeah, the thing is is like Unlike um, like speculating where the Just Cause developers got the idea for a grappling hook, which I bet it was Tenchu. I, I can guarantee you the, the gameplay designer of that game was a, a big Tenchu fan. Probably. Yeah. But, you know, here's like a direct, this is a quote, you could say. This comes straight from Cliffy B, the lead designer. And apparently he hates being called a... Uh, Cliffy B, no. <laughs> I heard he. I heard he wants people to call him Dude Huge. Of course, of course he does. <laughs> oh man, let me think. Uh, other important gameplay mechanics and where they can be traced back to. Holding two weapons, uh, you know, being swapping between weapons that came from Halo. Actually, that was the the first game to do that. Really. Oh, you know what? Since, since we're talking about, about Halo, Halo was the game that popularized dual analog stick shooter controls. Oh, yeah. There was a couple games that, like, they did that, but, um, that allowed you to do that, but Halo made it the standard. So it wasn't the first game, but that's what standardized first-person shooter controls mm-hmm. in, in the early 2000s. And then, and then Call of Duty took it a step further, and so using the, the left trigger to aim down sights... In any game where you can aim down sights, that, that comes from, from Call of Duty. Pressing X to jump didn't used to be standardized. Pressing X or, or A, I remember when I played Half-Life on PS2, the jump button was actually L1. Oh, God, that's so weird. I know. Crouching was, was L2, and I was perfectly fine with it. I thought that was... Uh, I had no problems with that. But then it was later, in these days, the you know, when you play a first-person shooter and, and that has a jump button... Most likely, it's going to be the A button. Yeah. Most people are just familiar with A or X being jump. And that's why it's important to play other games in similar genres, you know, to to figure out 
what are people gonna gonna be expecting if they play this type of game? Because these days, um, if you like, there's certain certain games. Um, there's a there's um like if you're playing a first person shooter and you you're you're moving forward and you click in the left thumbstick. What do you expect that to do? Uh, first person shooters left thumb left thumbstick. Yeah, you click that in. What do you what are you expecting that to do? Melee. Oh, you're trolling me. <laughs> okay, very funny. <laughs> very funny, and that that's what pissed me off. Remember that that garbage I showed you, a uh, video game high school. That's true for a couple of games. No, no left thumb. You're thinking the right thumbstick. Oh, you know you're right. Uh, left thumbstick is a uh, sprint. Right. Yeah, that's what people ex- expect, right? Yeah. Uh, but, um, in Dark Souls, you hold down the B or circle button. The, um, my dream game, you, you actually use the, the L1 button or uh, left bumper to sprint, but it's not just hmm. the sprint button. It's actually a, a modifier that, that changes every action. So it wouldn't make sense for it, for that to be a button that you could hit accidentally, like the left thumbstick. It had to be something that like a, like a, more like a lock on button. Yeah. So, but, um. For your standard first-person shooter, it makes sense for A to be A or X to be jump, or uh, or the left. I mean, and then the left thumbstick, click that in to sprint. Uh, left trigger to aim down sights. Right yeah. trigger to shoot. It's different in Halo. Back in the '90s, the reasons why the face buttons were there is because those were the actions that you would perform the most. So most most third-person shooters that came out of Japan, you would shoot with one of the face buttons, like in Metal Gear Solid. Up, up to MGS3, you shoot with square. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I remember. I mean, like, I remember playing on, on PS2 like, where the shoot buttons were the bumpers. And that I remember that being normal. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I think, uh, what what game had you shoot with the bumpers? Uh, a lot of them. Um, oh, yeah. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, like, like first-person shooters. Yeah. Yeah, like first-person right, shooters. Right, right. Yeah, no, I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Red Faction was one of those games. Because mm-hmm. um, it was R1 for primary fire, and then R2 for secondary fire. Mm-hmm. Ooh, there's one. Secondary fire. Yeah. Guess what Guess what game that came from? Uh, that mechanic of, of a secondary fire. Mm. It's a big one. I'll just tell you if you give up. Doom. Did Doom have secondary fire? I don't think it did. I'm trying wow. to think. No, what what Doom? No, there's no no Doom had a secondary fire, but it was a Doom clone. It was a Doom clone. Maybe that's why I'm thinking of it because it's a Doom clone. But it actually was. I think it was the game that actually led people to come up with the. Someone had to had to invent the term first person shooter because of this game. And that game, go on. You gonna look it up? No, go ahead. Was Half Life. I don't know. Insert okay. it. What other games have alt fire in them? From what I understand, uh, I think it might have uh, have started. You know what's great? A website. Uh, have you ever been to Giant Bomb? Literally on it right now for the first time ever. No way. Giant Bomb will create if you type a search term, um, it'll create a list for you of like people. People make lists of like games with similar mechanics. You know. So. You know why I was getting confused is because uh, the the new Dooms have alt fire weapons, right? Yeah, yeah. and exactly. Ion Ion Fury, which is a Doom clone, also has a alt fire weapon weapons. So that's I was like I was mix matching those. Yeah, so this is a good resource. If you go on uh, on Giant Bomb and you search for alternate fire, here's a list of uh, of. It's like a wiki page, kind of, mm-hmm. where people will compile a list of all the games that feature alternate fire. Yeah. And I think, I'm pretty sure everybody can edit this. I'm not sure. Okay, so actually, ooh, and I think it's it's ordered chronologically, too. So this goes all the way back to Marathon 1994. That was Marathon was actually Bungie's first game. Wow. So before before Halo, they, they made Marathon. And... Um, and I completely forgot about that. Marathon absolutely had several innovations for first-person shooters, including dual wielding. Oh, shit. I think so. And actually, you can do another giant bomb search and search for uh, dual wielding or uh, what some people call a guns akimbo. 
Yeah, it's right in it's right in here on the marathon. Dual wielding and click on it. The Screamer, nineteen eighty five. Ooh, Gunsmoke eighty five. Okay. But in terms of first person shooters, I think Marathon was the first Oh, maybe not. Hold on. What what year was a Rise of the Triad? Let me think. All right, let me try and and find that because yeah, that was ninety four. So Marathon actually came out before Rise of the Triad. So yeah, and it also had alt alt fire guns because you can get an assault rifle that had a grenade launcher attachment. Yeah. So alt fire, and then but uh, Half Life was the game that made it uh, that inspired Red Faction. The alt fire in in that game, and then um, Unreal, the first uh, Unreal, I, oh man, that had some uh, some interesting innovations. Not Unreal Tournament. Oh, I guess the original Unreal had had uh, alt fire before Half Life. I was way off. Okay, oh, I just learned something. That's cool. Sweet. What 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 was that? I was just like, <laughs> I, I never get to experience you learning anything. you're all excited like finally (laughs) i hate being right all the time let me tell you it's a curse Uh, yeah i bet i hate it it's like hey did you know this well it's actually this i hate being that guy but you have to be that guy otherwise you know what's you know what's even worse is living in the world living in a world where people spread misinformation Mm -hmm. so as much as i hate being the guy that's like hey did you know where this started or, you know, and, and, and this and this and this and this being a know-it-all. Cause I'm, I'm as, I'm as know-it-all as they come. And yeah, but I, I try my best not to be annoying about it. I'm more trying to prevent people from learning the wrong ways. And then, and then spreading that misinformation, like a virus. It's a very fine line there. You, you walk. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. Well, if we want to talk about weird con- control control screen schemes, we could this this could be a whole control screams. Yeah, <laughs> control screams. Um, uh, <laughs> weird control schemes. Uh, we could talk a whole episode just on weird control schemes. Um, and we could talk. We could do the genealogy of control schemes. Um, Fucking, that would be that, interesting. How would that work? I don't know, but it'd be cool. Um, we'd have to do some research on that one. But uh, I was what I'm recently playing right now on my PS2 emulator is Black. Ooh. And that has some weird control schemes. Reload is X because it's going to be right. the thing you're going to be doing the most. <laughs> I remember. Yeah, that game doesn't have a jump button, huh? It does not. And I've been thinking about that recently. Like there's a, there's a lot of games that have jump buttons that that you take for granted like, don't well okay that that's another thing but there's tons of games that have jump buttons that where you don't need them yeah um or, or where it's it doesn't make sense for the characters to jump just like to jump up in the air it's just like it's completely nonsensical like what um i'm trying to think of a game where it's like jumping up in the air or trying to leap over an obstacle would go against the the character it's like it's not it's not in the personality the the personality of the character you're playing as they wouldn't think to to jump or they wouldn't have the ability or something like that but i can't think of any examples but i remember a controversy about the original black is that that game didn't allow you to change the sensitivity of aiming like you could in halo and they had set it so that each each gun has its own sensitivity yeah. So that you get a sense of, of the weight of the gun and you weren't allowed to change it. That game is, uh, man, yeah, that game's super short, super short, mm-hmm. two hours, if that. A lot of levels that are just like, this is trash. And that was, um, that's for sure. It was an, it was an M rated game with no blood, which was weird. Yeah. Um, I remember like, yeah, it was an M rated game and it was like, because I guess it was super violent, but there's no blood or gore. No one, you know, you could shoot people in the head, but there's just a, a cloud of smoke. Um, but um, I, I wonder, you know, what did uh, what did Black add to the the first person shooter space? And the only thing I can think of is it added um, gun porn. Yeah, I mean that's definitely something. Super <laughs> highly detailed weapon models. I think that that's probably one. Of, I mean, that's the first game I can think of that that's done stuff like. As far as guns, like realistically, yeah. How are you liking that game? 
I mean, it's not my first time playing it, but it's. It, I I how does play it, how does it, it. I meant how does it hold up uh, after all these years? Still fun. It's, it's yeah. It's it's okay. I, I it's only, got some issues. It definitely. Um, I'm definitely. I'm only playing it in passing. Really, I'm not like if I got a a minute or two, I'll play it. Like on the, I'm playing it on that little uh uh GPD device that I that I bought. Oh okay. Right yeah. on. That was black. Was like the start of a a certain class of military themed FPSs. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like uh, there was like a market for those types types of games. You know, MGS two and and three. Those were the the military action games during the PS two area area PS two era. And then once Black came out, because Black was um like there was Halo, which was super sci fi. And then you know, black was the start of a uh, of like a an era where people wanted more modern, current day first person shooters. Yeah, but like mainstream because the the PC had always had squad based and and you know more tactical games like Rainbow Six and Ghost Recon, but people wanted cinematic, modern day military action games. Uh, first person shooters and um and after black came out black was 2005 and i think that paved the way for uh, call of duty 4 in 2007 which was the biggest game in history when that game came out call of duty 4 in terms of multiplayer shooters was the start of like essentially the industry was turned on its head mhm because after call of duty 4 came out everybody was doing get XP, kill kill enemies to get XP to get better weapons in multiplayer. And they called it like persistence tracking or something, or, or, um, I forget the the term, but persistent multiplayer something. I wonder if that's a thing that, uh, people have, have compiled lists. Yeah. I mean, I do blame, I do blame, uh, Call of Duty 4 for the, the current, um, I wouldn't solve a pan, uh, like problem of twelve-year-old assholes on Xbox Live. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. <laughs> what was I gonna say? Uh, you know, because in Halo Two, Halo Two multiplayer, your level was entirely based on skill, and if you wanted to to go up in levels, you know, you had to win a certain number of matches, and you know, or you know, be first in a certain um, amount of, um, of of death matches. You know, things like that, and so you would go up in level. But in starting with Call of Duty 4, your level was based on how long you would play the game. And that's it. Forget. Yeah. You didn't really need skill. That was such a, a weird time. Because these days, if you look at at multiplayer shooters, you know, unlocking things like uh, Grand Theft Auto Online. Such, still a huge game. And you unlock things. Yep. Just by, by, by playing. And, you know, it's skill is like the is no longer the focus and there's, there's good and, and bad with that, you know, cause if you get rid of the skill ceiling ceiling and you're not, um, matching people based on skill, cause now a level 50 and a level one, they can play in the, in the same match and, and everybody can feel like they're contributing. So it's more accessible, but then the people that are, are super skilled, if you match them with a bunch of, of people that are playing the game for the first time, then they don't have enough challenge to keep them playing. So it's, yeah, there are trade-offs. There's always trade-offs, but, um, but yeah, black, black led to call of duty Four. call of duty four led to now. Now that's the question is, uh, is what was call of duty Four the first game to start that whole persistent level, level based multiplayer thing and unlocking new weapons and things like that. But anyway, yeah, it's just it's just crazy to think about how games wind up and where they where they begin, you know. And that's why that's why discussions like these are fun to have. Like, where did this start? Yeah, what started the uh, toxic multiplayer online community? <laughs> oh, actually, I know the answer to that. Actually, <laughs> it was uh, it was actually uh, John Romero, co-founder of Vid Software, <laughs> because he um. So he coined the the term deathmatch. Oh, okay. He he actually invented that word, uh, deathmatch. That belongs to John Romero, and um, wow. and he used to when he was marketing Doom, he turned himself into a brand essentially, 
and he would go around the country promoting Doom, and he would um, he would play multiplayer with people, and he would trash talk. And to him, that was part of the experience was was talking trash. So whenever he'd kill somebody, one of his catchphrases was he'd say something like "suck it down" or "eat that" or or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, and so when um, <laughs> when he got fired from id Software, he started making a new game called Die Katana which failed miserably, but they did, they didn't add campaign for, for that game. And, you know, in magazines, you can look up the advertisement, the, da- the Daikatana ad, uh, it said John Romero's, John Romero's about to make you his bitch, which was a reference to, to multiplayer first person shooters, uh, of the nineties and, you know, and, and the trash talking that would go, go around. And, uh, and that was part of the, part of the, the ex- the experience was, you know, you would taunt your opponent and that was like, you mm-hmm. would try and get in their head. So the beginnings of, of toxic multiplayer 12 year olds, I don't think, I mean, 12, 12 year olds talking about like banging your mom. And honestly, that's always been a part of competition. You know what I mean? Well, like, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure if you were to, you could dig up a cave painting of those, those wrestlers from 3000 BC and one of the cave paintings is of like somebody banging another caveman's mom. You know, <laughs> that's for sure. I I know for a fact that trash talk was a part of uh, of all competition from from the dawn of time. But I think it'd be really funny to have. Um, I I watched um, Queen's Gambit, and I thought the show was okay. I didn't think it was anything special, but um, I think it'd be funny if there was like a ch- a chess match where there was like some extreme trash talk going on. <laughs> your mother sucks cocks in hell <laughs> you know and people people were cheering you know and just an action oriented chess movie that's that's what I want to see yes yes